0: FPL season is well and truly back. The new Premier League season is on the horizon, and it is that time of the year again. The sleepless nights, the anxiety, the never-ending drafts begins all over again. Today, we're going to go through each of our teams, each of our current drafts, the the nineteenth and twentieth versions. We're going to discuss who we're bringing in and why, and who we are avoiding and why. Roll that intro. <laughs> Welcome back to the Lost in Possession podcast. If you're here for the first time, do us a favour and hit that subscribe button. It takes two seconds and it's free and you will be getting weekly content from us without foul throughout the entire season. So please hit the subscribe button. Let's get things kicked off straight away. Jamie, we'll come to your FPL team first. If you had to guess, is it, is it over or under 50 draft picks you, you've made so far?
1: Oh, that's a good line, I think. <laughs> uh, I actually think it's just under. Um, it's 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 close. I would say it's close. I've been tinkering with just sort of like changing one player here and there. Um, but yeah, let's straight away get into my team. So with my goalies, I normally go with a 4.5 and a 4.0 keeper. I think I've done once. I've picked a 5.0 keeper, but I can't remember who it was, and I don't like spending much money on the goalies. I've started off with Leno in goal. Um, last season for Fulham, he had a great season. Tons of save points, and then getting some bonus points as well. So I feel like he Fulham can easily do the same again this year. Um, so I expect him to be getting good save points, even if he isn't keeping them clean sheets. Um, and then my 4.0 keeper is Areola. And I brought him in because West Ham's goalkeeper situation isn't secure, and he could be coming in if Fabianski doesn't sign a new contract. I'm not aware he has one at the moment, but anyway, he's a 4.0 goalkeeper, lowest it can be. If he doesn't play, he doesn't play. I'm not too concerned. Into my defence, um, I've got Esther Punan. Esther I can't say his name really. Okay. <laughs> at Brighton, uh, Gabriel at Arsenal. Trent at Liverpool, Ake at City, and Bayer at Burnley. Um, I think starting off, I'll start with the 8.0 Trent. I think he's probably the biggest talk of the defensive players. He's a lot of money. It's as straightforward as that. But I feel like with him playing, him in the right-back position has been great for assists anyway. It's a big assist. Then you've got the clean sheets at Liverpool. He's definitely one of the best returning FPL defenders. At 8.0, I then compare him to what people are getting in the midfield, and he gets more points than a lot of midfielders. So that's where I'm like, even though it's a high price, I have to put him in. Um, In terms of my other ones, so Gabriel at 5.0, I think I put him in at the start of last season for his attacking from like, corners. I think he would be one of the most influential in getting goals from sort of headers. Otherwise, Arsenal should have a good defense and a nice run of fixtures at the start. Uh, Esther Poonan, Brighton have some great fixtures at start of the season. He's pretty secure in that defense and will be getting forward. So I think at 5.0, once again, he's a bit of a no brainer for, I think he's should be in most people's drafts. Um, the ones that are probably not as secure is Ake at 5 million. Just looking at City at the moment, I'm not sure who else is going to be the left back. Obviously, Akanji did play there a few times, and he's also at 5 million, but I think Ake will be the left back as it currently stands, but that really could change. So he's someone who could be not there, not there on the actual first game week. And then Bayer at, Bayer, at Burnley, sorry. 4.0, cheapest he can be. Just signed um, at Burnley. I see him starting, and then if he's picking up me to 1.2 points off the bench, that's all he needs to do, really. Any questions from you lot? Anyone's you're surprised at seeing?
0: Um, I, th- I think Gabriel, the only thing with that is is obviously Arsenal have signed a centre-back. Um you've then got potentially Ben White, who could be an option at centre-back. Obviously, they've signed Tim I, You'd like to think he'd start and and be playing every game again, but I think now there could be a slight rotation risk.
1: Yeah, no, no.
0: That's
1: that's true. Um, Obviously, the, the reason why, I think from what I'm seeing most of it, obviously, no one's actually Arteta, but they're expecting Timber to be fighting really for the right-back role with Ben White for most of it. I think Gabriel and Saliba will be the more secure centre-backs. Obviously, rotation will come into play at some point. Arsenal are in the Champions League, so sometimes they'll be like, right, Gabriel, you play midweek. Timber will play centre-back on Saturday or whenever they play. So, it is, yeah, it's definitely a possibility. However, I think with the that's where bayer comes in because he's going to play i then don't lose out on a player because i've got that really cheap playing sent defender
0: yeah i do like Bayer actually as a shout just because he's near enough guaranteed to start um so so i think that's a good shout
1: there's a few who are all 4.0 i think the ones you've got to look for are Bayer, as i've got bell at luton and then I think it's Bulldog at Sheffield United, all four point O's, and we're expecting them to start for at least the start of the season. And they're cheap enough if we're if our guesses are wrong and they don't start. You're just like okay, he's not yeah. taking up too much money in the bank. Cool. Uh, I'll move on to Jordan's defense and leave you with Jordan.
0: Cool. So. I guess keepers-wise, keepers, keepers wise, I've done what I did last year, I think, with, with Leicester. And I am paying a bit of a premium for Pope, but I, I really liked the um, the sort of Pope-Trippier double last season. It was one of the most successful duos defensively in the game. So rinse and repeat for me at the minute. Um, Although, Jamie, I know you said about spending 8.5 mil, I, I guess the reason or the way I'm justifying this He's obviously having Debravka the backup. I'm guaranteed, well, not guaranteed points, but guaranteed either way. So one of them's one of them's going to be playing. So in that sense, I've I've kind of covered both angles. Yes, I'm paying a little bit of a premium for it, but you know, Newcastle are improving. I still see them being pretty high up the table. So I'm pretty confident that extra one mil will pay off in the long run. Um Defensively, Estepinan, 100% agree. Cheap, showed a lot of attacking promise last season, loves to get forward, and Brighton are a team on the rise. So no doubts. And I'll be very, very unlikely to swap him out at this stage, I'd say. Zinchenko, I kind of, I'm having, not having doubts, but the same point I just made about Gabriel, I do think applies to Zinchenko. Because again, you've got Tierney at left back, there is a rotation risk. But for me, Zinchenko's leadership qualities that he showed last year, I think he probably will play more minutes than the others. I could be wrong about that, but he's a more of a leader kind of, although he's not the captain, he's a bit of a captain on the pitch. He's not the kind of guy you want to take off. Again, might be clutching there a little bit, but I, I think he's the man... We know he can get forward. We know he loves to play in the midfield. And I think what's crucial as well is looking at Arsenal's team and signing with with, with Havertz coming in, a lot of people are saying rather than two CDMs, Zinchenko might actually be that cover in midfield. So I think there's a small chance he could play higher up the pitch. And even if he doesn't, he likes to get forward. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm still pretty confident in Zinchenko at five mil personally. Um, Reese James... The only concern is is whether he gets injured in pre-season. <laughs> if he does, I'll take him out. But look, we, we we were awful last season. Yes, we've got a new team, new sign-ins, but there's one name, the first name on the team sheet every week, and it's Reese James. There's no doubts in my mind about him. Even when Chelsea are bad, he, he's good. And <laughs> I don't want to jinx it, but surely we can't be as bad as last season. Um. And then Trippier already covered him. Pope Trippier, did duo. Trippier, I don't think played every minute, I believe, or started every game. Some ridiculous stat last season. So no doubts there. And Stone, you having Ake, to be honest, Jamie, kind of, let's put it this way your logic is kind of right at the minute. He does seem eschewing to start left back if you don't make any more signings. So if I'm, if I'm desperate for an extra 0.5 mil, Ake for Stones is probably one I'm looking at. But my logic was Stones' form last season, will he be dropped? I doubt it. Plus he's now moving up into midfield. So that was my reason behind it. That being said, I there, there's red flags there on Stones because of the rotation risk. Plus if you're signing Guardiola, that kind of, that heat, yeah, that gets worse is what I'm trying to say. So yeah. Stones is not not set in stone.
1: I think it's an interesting point on the Stones one. I've seen a lot of people have him in and probably he probably is the best city defender to have. Obviously he's the joint highest with uh Ruben Diaz. Um the sort of I think people are playing a bit too much into him moving into the midfield role though. Because even though we are quite forward as a team anyway, he's not gonna be someone who's playing the through balls or playing the crosses that a Trent and Zinchenko would be doing when they move into when they actually move into midfield. That's the only worry I have. However, if I had that extra point five, I would be picking stones. Um I think he can obviously play centre back, he can play right back as well and he in he'll be in neither of those positions when he moves into the midfield so he definitely gets forward and he will have a shot on goal he scored two screamers last season so he can be doing it again and then he can he's got an aerial threat as well so he's definitely up there for it i actually think your biggest concern is spending the the spending on pope and trippier because if you look at newcastle's first five games You've got Villa at home, you've got City away, Liverpool at home, Brighton away, Brentford at home in the first five. Not, not a single not a single easy game, really. Not a single game that you expect all them teams probably to finish in the top half. So it's quite a worry that you've spent, obviously, what's that, 11, 12 million, ignoring the, ignoring the sub-goalie, 12 million on Trippier and Pope. With them fixtures, and then I think after that, Champions League will start. Yeah, and then there could be some rotation. Probably Pope Pope will be fine, and then even if Pope's rotated, you've got the goalie covered. Trippier, although I don't see him being rotated, it's just tough fixtures. Are Newcastle going to bring in someone just to replace him? Because he can't, he can't play. I don't think he can play thirty-eight games. Plus, how however many, in the Champions League is the only sort of worry. For
2: yeah,
0: it. I think that's valid. Actually, I didn't really consider that at this point. And the fact he is six point five mil as well
1: is a very high price. Yeah, it? he's
0: much higher than all the others.
1: It's literally um, you've only got you've only got Trent above him in price.
0: Yeah, but
1: I guess it also, if he if he is failing, you can drop him to any player on the pitch is the only yeah. plus size. So you can make, if you just hold him for two weeks, go, you know what? Newcastle look rubbish. Drop him down to a 4.5, 5 million. You've got money to burn elsewhere, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's fair.
1: J- James, James, I think will be in a lot of people's teams if he's fit. But I think it's more, everyone's scared of the Liverpool first fixture. Yeah. and 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 of how bad you were last season (laughs) really but after that you've got some i think you've got like three really nice games in a row where everyone's gonna be like how do i get james in my team or it's james or cheerwell they're both the same price it'll be the same for either
2: yeah i would argue that the chelsea liverpool game since the first game it's a free hit really i don't think i don't think there's anything between particularly concerned with there, even if Chelsea do lose, I don't think it's a big deal. Um, John Stones, yeah, pure tactically I think go if he moves into midfield and I think out of the centre-back sort of positions, he's probably more likely to get a goal than most other defenders. Gabriel does, I think he got three last year for Arsenal, so that is a good good choice. Yeah, I think that's a very versatile back defence there, but I agree with the whole Champions League thing in Newcastle. I don't see Trippier at like is he going to be this year 33 might already be 33 i don't see him playing every single game and maybe they'll put him in the champions league games and rest him against certain other teams so other than that i think it's a logical logical choice for the start for the first few games at least
1: right let's move on to your team reese and away on to you
2: yep so here's here's the team i've gone for um pending of course I've done the same thing in goal. I've just rotated the two two Everton goalkeepers. I do expect to change that depending on a certain goalkeeper's arrival at um at one of those Manchester clubs. I think I think Pitford is a good shot. I think he was crucial to Everton's survival really. I think he's gonna be crucial again if if Deitch is going to tighten up at the back. In defence, I think we've all got a full house and S Dupinan. Um, I think he's again a decent player. I think he'll get forward a little bit more and the first game of the season is Luton. So it's very common that the newly promoted teams tend to lose their first game away from home. So I think he'll be crucial for that. I've also got for Sven Botman, um I think consistency with him and decent price. Amadozic, um a Sheffield United. I know you probably don't know much about him, but I know he's an outstanding centre back. My problem with him is, I think Sheffield United are probably going to concede too many goals, and of course Trent and Stones, we've already said a lot on them, and I don't think anything else needs to be said.
1: Yeah, Botman, Botman I think is the pick of the choices for the four point five million defenders. Uh, yeah, I think I've just it's just the sort of same as I said to, about Jordans. It's sort of... Could Botman wait to get into your team after the first five games when their fixture list clears up? And in that time have, what well, I guess you've already got Pickford so not Tarkovsky, but maybe even like a Mings where Villa's fixtures aren't too bad, same price point, And then it's just a straight transfer over. But getting him in now, I don't think it's going to hurt your team. But yeah, no. I, um, I'm not going to say I can pronounce his name um but the one at Sheffield United um are they going to concede too many goals that is the big worry there i think
2: yeah the only benefit with with Amadozic is is that he will play the first game most likely against palace so i know that game could probably go either way but he's probably a good bet to have in against maybe the mid table clubs the struggling relegation sides etc
0: I think just quickly, yeah. I was going to say, I, I think he's currently out injured, but potentially you mentioned Villa, potentially Moreno if he's fit. He's he's currently at five mil. Obviously, he, I, I think he did a right towards the end of last season, so maybe I mean I'm sort of thinking it now. You know, Jamie, I think you've sort of talked me out of Trippier a little bit actually. <laughs> um, it's just so expensive at six point five. How so Torres, he could be an option.
2: How Torres could be an option. Um, yeah, he, yeah, he's yeah. coming
1: in, and he's not going to be benched, is he? I personally,
2: true. <laughs> I mean, I personally, nice. I, don't think, I don't think Villa will beat Newcastle in the first game of the season, and I think, I think Villa will do well, but I think away from home, they're not going to be that good. Um, so that's why I try to avoid the Villa defense where applicable. But I think at home, they're going to give everybody a real game. So, yeah, the Pal Terrace, Moreno. But yeah, you can definitely I'll just bench be him. Home. Carlos will be back after that injury. so Yeah.
1: They're all at 4.5. So it will be actually quite interesting to see who starts, except for Moreno, who's at 5.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I think, yeah. Moreno's more of a shoe in if you fit. I
1: think. Because if it's you're. Fine. Like if what Reese is saying, you don't think. You're not confident against Newcastle. You can just wait to see the first game. can see who starts. And you can transfer the next one, one of them in.
0: Yeah. I'd, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if Torres doesn't start. He's, You know, he's signed, he'll have plenty of time to get match fit, plenty of pre-season. So, at 4.5 mil, I think Paul Torres is, is one to one to put on the watch list, let's say.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think into midfield. Reese, do you want to just carry on? Go, go with your midfield and then we'll go back.
2: Yep. Yeah, so, again, this will be pending to change here. I've gone for Quite a different mix. I like to try and put as many different players in my team as possible just because I think sometimes it's too easy to have too many players playing against each other at once. But I think I think Eze, I think he got, was it, 10 goals last season in the league? Most of those are pretty much in the second half when they sprung to life. So I expect more of the same from him. Matoma, again, at home to Luton. With McAllister gone, there's going to be more on him to perhaps deliver. So I think he he, he should step up. Rashford, outstanding last year. Plays up front sometimes as well. What more do we need to say about Rashford? Now, the last two, I think, are really good picks. Um, So, Sir Bosley. so Bosley, sorry. Um, the summer signing for Liverpool from Leipzig. I like him a lot. I think he's a world-class player. I think he's creative. I think he can attack. He can score goals. Will it be difficult against Chelsea? Yes, but it might be, again, a, a free hit for him to, to show what he's made of. And then Gibbs White, I think Gibbs White is going to probably be the unsung hero of the new season. And I think at six million, he's good value. He'll play every game. Look at how he was at the end of last season. He was on top, top form. So I think I think, yeah, there's a there's a midfield here that can bang in goals. Simple as that.
0: Yeah, I I, I like Gibbs White, I've got to say. I was really impressed with him at the end of last season. And if if he can rediscover that form. Or not rediscovered, just just continue that form. To be honest, I, I do like him at six mil. Um, I think Soberslide. Apologies if I butchered the name. I don't like him at seven mil. Um, I'll come onto it more when I when we show my midfield and why. But I, I'm not convinced that's a good buy at seven mil personally. But the others I, I can't argue with. I think Rashford, he'll be in most people's team based on the last season form. Obviously, nine mil—it's not cheap—but he's effectively a striker. Mitoma, I think—I don't know the ownership stats on Mitoma at the minute, but uh, that'll be extremely high. Um, I'd even well, let let me check actually quickly. Yeah, yeah, thirty-eight point one percent as it stands. So can't can't argue with it, but it's it's kind of annoying because it's like, do you want to be different? Do you want to go for another Brighton player? Because there's a lot of them. I think that that's probably what will happen this year, and then Eze, he, he was up there and with some of the best midfielders last season. So I think again, similar to Gibbs White, if he can if he can find that form again, I think he's a great pick.
1: Yeah, like like what sort of John said, Eze I think is quite a good, interesting, differential pick as such. He's not in the template team that you're seeing around Twitter and on YouTube really. So I think it's actually quite a different pick. And he's at the same price point as Matoma. And a lot of people go Matoma, as Jordan was saying, with 38%. Um, but Eze outscored him last season, I believe. So, like, that's sort of he can be quite encouraging. Obviously, Roy Hodgson is staying on, and that's when Eze's form picked up the most. So, that could be helping. Matoma's one that I'm slightly worried about for everyone because I think. He's someone that everyone's picking, and um, you'll see he is in my team. But I feel like he might be like the one that everyone's certain on, thinking, yeah, he's great value, great this, and then he just doesn't perform in FPL. In, in FPL. So that's where I've – I just think he's my one – I think he's just going to be jinxed. It seems great on paper, so there's no reason to not have him. But I feel like it's just some something's going to happen. You always get it sort of one year when one player just doesn't do that
2: well. He's more short-term for me, I think, yeah. against Luton. He should do it. But other than that, I'll be looking to change and rotate. One thing about we will mention here, is Palace don't really have a striker. So, they, they don't really have a 15-goal-a-season striker. He can fill that void. And I think Elise doesn't really score a massive amount of goals, but he can assist. So, if you're looking for two midfielders there, you know, in a team that, like I said, they don't have that striker, I think, that delivers consistently, They'll 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 deliver for you. So...
1: And also losing Zaha now, meaning he, he's probably going to start. Like it's unlikely that he won't. He won't be starting. Um, Is
2: Zaha gone one hundred percent yet? There's offers on the yeah,
1: table. There's offers on the table, but there's offers from bigger clubs like PSG have offered. I think oh. the Saudis have offered. I think it'd be very unlikely he goes back to Palace, but you, you never know. He might. You never know been, really. He
0: has been linked with a move away pretty much every season and, and stays. Yeah, so. but he's
1: out of contract now. So yeah, that's the difference. Rashford or another one, I think he's just the most attacking option at the moment at United because they don't have a striker. When they sign a striker, it will depend on the profile of that striker, whether that'll aid for Rashford or it's gonna hinder him. I don't see Rashford picking up the exact same form that he had in that spell where he was scoring pretty much every game. But I still see him scoring a fair few at the season. So I don't think it's a bad pick. I don't know a lot about the Liverpool midfielder. So that's where I'd avoid at the moment. And it gives what I quite like. A cheap 6 million can help like increase like player positions elsewhere. So I think it's not a bad not a bad shout at all um Jordan on to your team midfield.
0: so we'll start with the same obviously Matoma was discussed just just on our points around Matoma although as we said there's no reason to doubt him potential um potential differential I'd throw in the mix is in Cisco at Brighton he he's actually a million pounds cheaper so you know for those of you listening obviously you know, you've got Matoma maybe in your team, you want him in your team, not quite got the funds. I think Ncisco showed signs of life last season, um, some serious, serious performances from him. Um, and assuming he starts, which are probably a little bit up in the air, I think he could be the next big break, breakout Brighton star this season. So I might, depending on funds, I might be considering him as well. Um, but for now, Matoma's, Matoma makes the cut. Rashford, again, similar similar story. I, I agree with your point, Jamie. If, if they go and sign a big centre-forward striker, there will be question marks over them paying nine mil for Rashford if he's not going to be the main man. Um, Grealish, again, I think it's important to have a City midfielder in. Yes, they're not cheap, as we know, but I don't see... Well, we know Pep Roulette. We, we know that goes on, but based on everything, I, I don't see Grealish not starting... Um, I, th- I think he's he's sort of earned his way onto the team sheet with with last season's form and their, the treble. I, I've, I'm pretty confident he'll be starting, and I don't see him. I don't see any reason why he, he'll be out of form. So confident in Greedish, despite the price tag. On the other side, a cheaper midfielder, Podence. I, I, I'm a big fan of him. One because he's cheap. Two, although, although Wolves can't hit a barn door. I do think they'll be better this season. And Ponence is very, very attacking. Sometimes he's even played as the front, I think, front two or three at Wolves. He will get up the pitch. He will create chances. And in my opinion, I do think he's good value at 5.5 mil. Um, and he'll start, and he'll start. Um, and then finally, for me, Luis Diaz. I'm a huge fan of this player. And Reese, th- the point I was making about Sobosla is, for zero point five mil more, Diaz is so much more attacking. He can shoot, he can skill, he can score, he can do it all. Um, again, there's a rotation risk; is the only red flag. But I'm a big fan of Diaz, and I'm I'm backing him to be one of Liverpool's best players. So that's that's my thinking as it stands with him in the team.
1: Yeah, interesting. Um grealish sort of like I, I agree i think he will be playing left on on the left side most weeks pep roulette happens and <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that's something you've just got to take into account and that's where i think you've got an all-playing all-playing team actually i don't think you've got any players that are not playing um diaz if he's starting every week then it, i think at 7.5 he's a very good value considering the alternative is Salah at twelve and a half. potent it's a very much a differential pick, and he's probably the best Wolves player, but that's not saying much at the same time. Um, I actually enjoy watching him play, but for for FPL, I just don't think he does enough. Wolves Wolves just don't do enough. So for me, Wolves in general or just to avoid because they've not even they're not even that solid defensively anymore. So that's where I'd be like I understand at 5.5 there's no real I think I know you've got Matoma I think Encensio is the only one at 5.5 I'd look at. So it's quite a difficult price point to be at.
2: I mean before we move on I, I think Potence is a good pick. I think he'll carry a lot of the burden for Wolves. Their xG etc has all gone up um under Lopetegui and I think he'll be crucial especially when Neves gone. However, I do fear for Wolves in general. I think I think they're in severe, severe trouble. If they financially, that is.
1: Yep. Uh moving on to my midfield. Um so once again, Matoma, Rashfords, both in there. Um I've gone with the other sort of seven point five city midfielder in Foden. Um De Bruiner being out for the start of the season. Gundon has left. I think there's a chance for Foden to play in the midfield. You saw it in the Champions League final, and um, when De Bruyne went off, and he was very good and almost had an sort of an unreal goal where he's turned and then got forward and then he does. He I think in terms of goals and assists, I think he'll outperform Grealish, and that's what you need for fantasy. But it's Pep roulette. You'd never know. Foden could be on the right. He could be on the left. He could be on the bench. (laughs) So it's always a bit of a risk. But that's where I've got players who can play on my bench. And then the other two I've got, both Arsenal. Very surprising neither of you have got an Arsenal attacking players. I've got Saka and Odegaard, both at 8.5. I think Saka is one of the highest owned midfielders. Uh let me so I'm just double checking. Yep, but fifty two and a half percent. Um he's on penalties. I think Arsenal's fixtures are just really good and I don't see him being dropped for anyone. And Odegaard the same. Havertz coming in isn't gonna affect his position, and he knows he's been he was scoring goals throughout the season and even towards the end when Sakura dipped off. Martinelli had dipped off a bit, Odegaard was still the one producing points. I think having both of them in these early fixtures could be very good for me.
0: Um, did you do... Sorry, did you... Yeah, you touched on yeah. the others. I was going to say, I, look, looking at Arsenal's fixtures, I, I do kind of agree. With With this current draft of mine, I, 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 that was the one thing I was like, I might have to change that. And now I'm looking at the fixtures again, I'm sort of starting to doubt Myself, because you've got six or seven. I mean, not easy, but
1: nice. Not, fixtures, yeah, man. not
0: not horrible fixtures. So I think not having any Arsenal attack is probably something I'll be looking at as my priority number one. Um, I I don't necessarily agree though with you having both. I've got to be honest. So with Odegaard, I do think there is although he'll still be an at attack. I think with Havertz coming in, I think there will be question marks about whether he's going to play exactly the same role. What I would argue is I think there's a risk of Odegaard dropping deeper. So I'm not completely sold on Odegaard personally. And if I had to get an Arsenal player on my team right now, I I would go down the Saka route. Um, But I don't know. I don't know.
1: I'd agree, I'd agree on Saka, Saka. If you're choosing between Saka and Odegaard, I'd choose Saka. What, the penalty thing, I think, adds to it as well. But yeah, so that's sort of where I am with that. Um, but I feel like because of the fixtures, I'm attacking the fixtures, and then I can get rid of one of them very easily at
0: 8.5. Yeah, yeah. I just To be honest, their, their fixtures are good, so it's not like it's too high a risk having both. But I just think oh Odegaard. I don't know. He's got a lot to live up to to replicate what he did last season. And what
2: is Cormerys? What about James Madison? No one's mentioned him yet. I think he's about seven point five million, so he's a bit expensive. And I suppose that um, you know Jacob Brandt did perform better than him. Well, they got the same points last season. He's significantly cheaper. But is he somebody I think people should be exploring? Not right
1: now. So, actually, if you check us out on TikTok, he was in one of my people to avoid. And the reason isn't because James Madison's a bad player, because that's not the case. And he's actually a very good FPL player. We just don't know what's going on with Spurs enough. We don't know if the manager's going to come in and it's going to work out. I think with Spurs, you wait and see on their players. Because you've also got you've got Son that you could probably fit in there. Like I need zero point five more to get Odegaard to Son, and Son's won a golden boot before. Um, so it's definitely possible to have Madison in. I just don't know. I don't trust Spurs enough at the moment, and Kane might even leave. That might help, but I think it's it might help the other players get more FPL points. But it's more. I just don't trust Spurs enough. That's why they're not considered in my team at all. Yet, give a, give a few fixtures. If I think they're performing well, then then I'd start to add them in. But right now, I'd say avoid.
0: just. Yeah. I'd agree to be honest. And looking at the fixtures, though, they're like not that difficult in theory. You've got you know Brentford away, which is is tricky. Then you've got United at home, and then you've got a couple more away. You know, albeit it's Bournemouth and Burnley that away next, but they're games that can be tricky. And as as Jamie said, you know, if Kane, well, well, actually, on on the Kane point, I do agree. <laughs> I think if Kane leaves, actually, Madison becomes a better choice. Weirdly, but it does kind of make sense. Um, but yeah, three three away fixtures. In in four games, in the first four, I I don't think it's great. Especially for a new player and a new team, new manager. I don't
1: know. But like you said, with the first two fixtures being Brentford away and United at home, is that right?
0: Uh, Brentford away, United at home, first two, yeah. they're,
1: They're the two tougher games out of the four, like you've just said. So after that, you can be like, right, they actually perform well against Brentford and United. They should perform well against Burnley and Bournemouth. So then you then you start putting him in. So that's where I think wait wait for the first two at least. Then then you can chuck him in. I think. I think that's the way to go with Spurs players at the moment.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair.
1: Now on to my attackers. Um I'll start with the obvious one. Haaland, even at 14 million, he's just essential. Um, The only slight caveat I want to put on this is the last player, all the people who have been 40 million before have done worse in this season than they did the time before. But you just can't not have Haaland unless he gets injured. And for me, touchwoods, I hope it doesn't happen. He will score goals and I think it's just too big of a risk not to have him, quite simply. The rest of the strikers, though, I really don't like <laughs> if I, I I would if it just wasn't for like the possible rotation risk of Harland or him getting injured I would just have one up front and have two 4.5 million players who weren't going to play and then play like a 4-5-1 formation but I've got to try and put someone in there who's going to play and I think Calvert-Lewin fits that bill for me really cheap, 6 million Everton's fixtures are quite nice at the start and um, they're the only he's the only sort of ones that I can be convinced of. The only other player I think you look at Kane, like I said before, Spurs, a bit unpredictable at the moment. possibly wait and see, but twelve and a half million is so expensive. And when you spent fourteen on Harland, it's hard. And Jesus is probably the other one at eight million. I've got three Arsenal attackers, uh, three Arsenal players already in. But for me, I've watched Jesus. He doesn't score enough, and that's what's putting me off at 8 million. I think he doesn't get the extra point for a goal when he doesn't get the point for the clean sheet that, say, Odegaard does. So that's where I feel like he's worth that extra point five. But I might, if I want a 0.5 million somewhere else, I might be swayed to swap that over, really. And then my last one is any sort of four point five. Attacker. I've got Simeo at the, Simeo at the moment. It doesn't really matter for me who that is. I would just try and choose someone who's low owned in that position in that price point, so you don't have any price drops throughout the year because no one's buying him and no one's selling him. Um, any comments on my? I assume you're not going to have any comments on Harlem,
2: really. It's more the other two. No, Harlem makes complete sense. Um, you'd be pretty mad not to do it. Calvert-Lewin, yeah, I think if he stays fit, he's one of yeah. the best you can get. Then you'd have to ask, will Sean Dyke get the best out of him? I would argue he probably should because he was able to get a lot out of Danny Ings at his time at Burnley. is a strange one. Yes, he's cheap and I think Burnley are going to be quite at uh, Burnley. Bournemouth are going to be quite decent. Oh, he's season. not going to play. He's
1: there to sit at the bottom of my bench. Yeah. He's just the cheapest price point. So he could be anyone at 4.5. I don't, I actually don't care. I don't, I don't see anyone playing at that price
2: yet. I mean, I mean, he's not, he's not a bad choice, to be fair. He's a decent player. I think, I think, Um. I mean, Burnley, I think in attack are quite underrated. I think they've got Solanke. He's 6.5 million, so he's a little bit more, but yeah, it's not the worst. And they've also got uh, Justin Clivert, um, Patrick's son, who's a new sign in. He's, I think he comes under midfield, though. Yeah. He can he can probably do a job up front, so that's something to consider as well. But I think I think they're quite logical, logical choices.
0: Yeah, DCL. Well, come on to him in a minute because uh, I've picked him as to well. Move on then. Yeah, we yeah, must move, move on on straight yours. on. Yeah, um, on,
1: um and... There we go.
0: Cool. So yeah, yeah. in agreement on on Haaland. Um 85.8% owned. So there's there's <laughs> about 14% of the lunatics out there. Um, do I think he's gonna beat last season's goal tally? Probably not, because it was just so ridiculous. But you, you can't, you know, even five less goals is, is still has to be in the team. Um Calvert Lewin for me, I, I was really, really impressed with his form at the end of last season. Yes, obviously it's a long summer and and doesn't always work like that, but that relegation scrap from Everton particularly that away win at Brighton, that that really was the moment that they started to believe. I I was very impressed with with Calvert-Lewin's performances. It it was a bit of a throwback to, you know, the player we have seen. So I'm pretty confident in Calvert-Lewin being central. Again, Everton's fixtures are mixed, but ultimately, I think for six mil, I think he's going to be really good value. And as we know, he can have a quick, uh, productive start to a season as well. Might might end up getting injured, but you know, we can sub him out then. Um, and then again, similar, similar logic, a one year. Big, big fan of him. Um, again, similar story. Phenomenal form at the end of last season. He's big, he's got pace, he can finish. I'm just generally a big fan of him. The 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 kind of risk, if I'm gonna be honest, of, of my team here is is three strikers who will start. Am I gonna to want to start all three? And then if I'm going to want to start all three, who am I dropping in the midfield? Because to be honest, Jamie, I think you said it, or one of you said it, all my players, it's a playing team. And and I think the, the debate for me in the coming weeks will be, do I really want that? Do I want to have three players on the bench that are actually playing every week? And then, you know, the, the one I bench in third palace inevitably gets a hat trick. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, 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 I'm not, Against the four point five million pound route. Um, so that'll be something I'm debating. Maybe it maybe it's a one year, maybe dropping down to a four point five, nobody saving that two mil, reinvesting in, you know, a better midfielder potentially.
2: Um, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. That's a tough call. I think a one year is a great shout. He got ten goals last season. Again, it's a forest team that massively improved. I expect them to be better next season he's surely going to be key to that so if he stays fit then he'll get you know he should return 10 goals minimum potentially 15 he should have another good season you know it I suppose yeah again it depends on runs of fixtures and if Forrest go out of form is he going to help him you know get a few goals to help him get him back into form he probably is
1: yeah because Jordan at the moment like you said there your midfield well You've got 0.5 million in the bank as well. So if you dropped a one-year down to a 4.5, you've got 2.5 million to spend then. And that could be upgrading, like I've said, Podence. You've got then 8 million to spend in Podence's position. Mm. But also, like you're saying, you've got so many players that are all playing, it's kind of like a waste. Because if you have three players that are out, Something's gone terribly wrong, <laughs> really. So, something's gone terribly wrong to need all three of your subs. So, that's where I've gone with a 4.5 million sort of striker who's not going to play, most likely, maybe gets one point in the whole season. <laughs> but I don't care, I shouldn't need him. It's more the other two subs that were better one good one, one who would just get me a few points. So, that could be sort of it. As a striker, though, he could do quite well. Um, Forrest, I think his only comp- competition is Dennis up front. I see him starting over Dennis. So, yeah, if you think Forrest are going to sort of start bagging some goals, then, yeah, fully, fully sort of...
0: Big issues, to yeah, be honest. go with him. But Just... it
1: does look like you're, con- you're going to have too much money on the bench. I think that's possibly your issue.
0: Yeah, and just having a quick look at the fixtures as well for Forest, rough, rough start. Um, so I think you know they've got Arsenal, Sheffield United, Man United, Chelsea, Burnley, City. So yeah. probably actually, I think a one year will be in my team at some point. But actually, I'm looking probably to get him out for a four point five, and then invest in in Saka. That's probably the bet better strategy. Looking at it now,
1: or yeah, or you could go with a one year down to a four point. Oh, and then DCL could go up to Jesus, and then you've got the Arsenal attacker in because you've obviously got none. Yeah, yeah. So it's just yeah, just options you've got if if you're gonna switch. Uh, moving finally over to Reese's team. A little bit different, but take it away.
2: Yeah. So I, again, I, I obviously went for Harding because it's the most logical sense. Um. Now, I was torn up front and I, again, I do believe I'm going to change this. Um, I'll start with Nkunku. I think, I think Poch will get an attack out of Chelsea. I think it's something that Chelsea haven't done for the last couple of years so I don't see why Poch's style of play can't do it and I think Nkunku might swim to the ground. There are other concerns with the whole German price tag, so to speak, or German, German stink when they come over and, and tend to just flop. And, um, But I think he looks a bright player for them and I think he's probably their best attacking player maybe at this moment in time. Um, Along with maybe Meduiki, but I don't think he'll start enough. Um, So yeah, I've gone for him and I think he'll cause Liverpool all sorts of problems. And going forward, I think he'll grow into his role. Archer's the strange one. I think I actually might change it to a 1B really because I think a 1B will be very physical against Arsenal in the first game at the very least and should score against Sheffield United in the next. Archer scored quite well, considering how cheap he is. And I don't think he's the worst. I think he will play quite a bit for the Villa next season. It's whether, of course, Watkins continues his form or, you know, if they sign a striker. But yeah, I just went along those routes. I only put Archer there because I think if I'm going to have him on the bench, at least I've got somebody on the bench who's probably going to be a rotation option, so I don't have to be too worried.
1: Yeah, Archer's obviously the cheapest price point for a striker. So having him there, if he come, if he plays a little bit, even better. But if he doesn't play, you can't you can't spend any less on that position, so you've not wasted any money. In Cuckoo, it's one of them where I quite like. I like the player. I think he's very good. It just depends on how he fits into Potch's system and the Premier League. So it's a bit of a risk at seven point five, but I think there's such a lack of strikers to choose from. If he if he just hits form, you've you've sort of you've got an early sort of lead on on that. So it could be quite a good risk to take because who
2: who really else is there to 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 take his place? Exactly, exactly. You know, everything's still unsure about Lukaku at this moment in time. You know,
0: that's
2: that's not going to happen. He can't can't come back. But realistically, like if Chelsea get five goals from an attacker, it's going to be a success, bearing it considering last season. So he surely is their best bet in these positions at the moment. If he's going to play as an out-and-out centre forward, or a winger, or an attacking midfielder, so you're basically getting three, four positions in one with this guy. Yeah, I've got to say,
0: initially when you had in Nkuka, I thought it was a bit weird. But the more I'm looking at it, looking at the fixtures, thinking about it, I think this could be quite a genius potential move. The reason I say that is because obviously we're playing Liverpool in the opening game. So no one really is going to go for that many Chelsea players. And you then look after that game, we've got, you know, again, these aren't easy games, especially if you're not in good form, but like West Ham, Luton, Forest, Bournemouth, Villa. Fulham Burnley. That's the next fixtures, which suddenly if we go back to Chelsea of old, they're all them winnable games. And if if again, there's a lot of doubts and question marks here. If he'll start, will he play the centre-forward role? But the bottom line is, if if you want to make the the sort of optimistic case, he was Bundesliga top scorer last season. We're lacking a striker. He's been a big money signing. So there is a high chance he will be the guy as centre-forward. And if you take out the Liverpool game, I mean, it, it, obviously it's a bad comparison, but like, you know, Haaland comes in, doesn't matter who they play, he will. He, he's capable of scoring. So if Nkuku does live up to some degree to the height, suddenly in week two, you could get a lot of people transferring him in because of Chelsea's then ridiculous run, in which he'd, he'd probably then go straight up in price. So I don't know. You're talking me into it a little bit but at the moment. I think it could potentially work out as a genius move. But there's so many question marks about us at the minute. I still think it's a bit of a gamble.
1: Yeah, I think a lot... Like like I think I mentioned with, when you had James in your side, Jordan, it's more Chelsea's fixtures turn really nice. It's just a not a great one on the start... Of, well, not a very good one at all at the start of the season. Then it's more... How bad you were last season? Can Poch just change that in an instance? Obviously, you got pre- the whole of preseason, but inkuku I think, will start. So, I don't, I don't see him not starting. Not maybe not every single game, but I don't see why he won't start ninety percent of them. Just through to bringing him in, he scores goals, which is better than pretty much all of Chelsea's forward positions at the moment. So that's sort of one where, yeah, I, I I think it would work because he will play either on the wing or or up front. One I did want to bring up striker-wise, so this is is a Chelsea player, is Broger. I don't see him starting, but he's at 5.0. And if will was on the wings, and would he get a chance up front? Or is it just going to be, right, Jackson, you're going to be up front? Or is Jackson, I don't know, for the future? Because this, this is where I'm a bit... I don't know with Chelsea. I haven't put him in for this sort of reasons because I don't know. I don't think he's going to play. But if he does, it could be a steal at 5 million.
0: Yeah, I, I just... Again, I just think there's so many question marks. Yeah. I think at the minute it, it makes most sense that Nkuku plays as the centre forward. But the, the, the Jackson-Brosier debate... Honestly, I I still can't tell the answer now. It's not clear to me whether Jackson is a signing like we want him in straight away. I think it will be interesting, and, and I'll probably know in a few weeks after watching the preseason friendlies. But I, I I've said before I'm a, I'm a big fan of Broya. He is an old school number nine, um, and I think he can be a, you know a big player. But I, I think you'd you need to see friendlies first to see if we're going to go Jackson or, or Broya.
1: Yeah, I think that will change a lot. Probably a lot of our teams yeah. <laughs> looking at looking at preseason, see who's actually starting, who's not. And then if you see, like you could see Nkuku not play all preseason, so then he's got to go. And then, he, yeah, like I said, but I think just he's just one that I think no one, I I haven't seen anyone mention him at all. And I just think at 5 million, if he plays a few of them pre-seasons and scores, looks well. He could just sneak into the side and he'll go completely under the radar. But
2: uh, I think that's a very much a big if. Yeah, just a couple from me. I think a lot of Chelsea's attack are very versatile. So probably use that to your advantage. You know, Madrid can play on the wing. He can play centre attack. He can play up front. And Kunku can. Brozier can play on the wing as well, I think. You know, Sterling can offer up front if he needs to on the wing. So even with some of those players, maybe pick one or two because Potts will attack and press. And you're going to get players that can play in different positions. So you'll probably find that they might contribute with a couple of extra goals that they're not expected to, just because they can offer different positions. But I agree, the whole point, the issue with Chelsea, other than probably James and Chilwell, there is no other position currently guaranteed, nailed on. Um, so that well, is something to consider. I was going to say on that note, I, I do think this, again,
0: it will be a gamble until you see the team. A player I'm backing is obviously Madueke. Um mil, in my opinion, he will work his way into the side and he is going to be a big player for us this season and he'll be on the right side of the front three. So for 5.5 mil, suddenly, again, yes, the risk is where he will start. He really impressed me last season, despite the awful form. I think he will start most games on the right side of midfield. So suddenly to flip that, you've got a 5.5 million pound player playing for one of the big sides, with six or seven easier games, I think he could be worth a gamble because suddenly, if he is in the starting lineup, well, if he is in the starting lineup and he's play- he will be playing in the front three. If he is five point five mil, suddenly becomes insane value.
2: Yeah, I would, I would, I, would I had him in my first draft over Matoma, but I agree, it might be the first couple of games when you start to tinker with your team, he you might not play. But other than that, I think he is a definite nailed-on one. Another one I think he's not Chelsea-related. I think for the same price as Nkunku is actually Darwin Nunes. A lot of people looked down on him last season, but I think he's going to be better. So I think I think he could be an option. I think he's got
1: too much rotation because you've got Gakpo there, Jota as well. I think them three are all fighting for that position, and it's just I think he'll be number nine outright though. <clears throat> He's been given the number nine shirt. I think he'll take that position. Gakpo and but he Diaz had to, he had to be for the price they paid. They weren't going to give him, you know, like once that shirt came up, I think yeah, they were going great. to give it to him. But it doesn't mean he's going to start. I think and I think, a think Gak, Gakpo's done better than him, and he's actually been there less. So I think I think he's one to watch, but definitely I, I would I'd completely avoid him for the start of the season, just until you see what Liverpool's front three are going to be and who's firing
0: there you have it, any more for any more not at the moment, can't give away all the secrets, (laughs) (laughs) well we have given away plenty today as always make sure to let us know your thoughts, who's the better teams out of us us three so far, let us know your thoughts in the comments, as always like, comment and subscribe, you know the drill Here we go